Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. Today, we're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry, along with some of our own considerations. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, please enjoy today's program. Isaiah concludes, as the whole Bible does, with the new heaven and the new earth, with the new Jerusalem as God's ultimate habitation and our ultimate destiny as the people of God. Where will you be? Where will God's Old Testament saints be? And how about the angels? Today's broadcast again brings us to the final chapter of Isaiah. And Dick Taylor is here as we take a look at how this book concludes. Dick, welcome back to the program today. Thank you, Chris. Very good to be here for this wonderful conclusion. Well, our life study series in Isaiah continues, but this does conclude the first pass that Witness Lee made through this book in 1990. Uh, A few months uh, will pass, and then in 1991 in the spring he starts again. And we're going to come back and follow him through the second time, really hitting the high peak waves, I would say, through this incredible book uh, written by the Old Testament prophet. Dick, when we began the life study of Isaiah, we noted that in many ways, Isaiah is a miniature of the whole Bible, 66 chapters in Isaiah, 66 books in the Bible, two sections in Isaiah, the first with 39 chapters, and of course, the first section of the Bible with 39 books. But perhaps the most striking feature, Dick, is how Isaiah ends, isn't it? Yes, it is really the most striking. These two sections of Isaiah, the 66 chapters and everything, it's amazing how Isaiah matches the whole Bible. The first 39 chapters are just like the Old Testament in our whole Bible, and that is that there we see the chastisement of God over the nation of Israel, and then we also see the judgment of the nations. But then in the last 27 chapters, we see the prophecy related to the new creation and even the fulfillment and consummation of the new creation with a new heaven and the new earth. So Isaiah, with its 66 chapters and its two sections, is a real identical twin, in a sense, to the whole Bible. And yes, the most striking point is this conclusion uh, related to the new heaven, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem showing us where all the believing Jews are, where all the believing Gentiles are, where all the nations are, and even where the angels are. We have to say hallelujah for this marvelous conclusion to this wonderful book, which is a miniature of the entire Bible. Let's get right to our life study. Here's Witness Lee. Here in chapter 64, the first verse of this chapter, Oh, that you, and his Christ, would rend the heavens, that you would come down. Rend the heavens and come down. This is the consummation of Christ's coming from heaven to the earth, from God to man. The Bible shows Christ doesn't have the intention to remain in the heavens forever. 
his intention as the intention of the Triune God is to stay, to remain on the earth forever. But for him to stay on the earth forever, he needs to accomplish his work to get the earth renewed. He would not stay in the old earth. God has been disgusted with the old earth. Isaiah prayed, per se, in confessing the failures, degradation, corruptions of Israel. And then he asked Jehovah still to have mercy to look at the children of Israel. Some of the uh, children of Israel, they have never asked for Jehovah. Jehovah expects that they would uh, inquire of him. And he has stretched out his hand all day long to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good. After their own thoughts, the way is different, the thoughts are different, not like the way and thoughts of Jehovah, as mentioned in 55, who provokes him to anger and who are smoke in his nose. According to what the children of Israel were, they are just like a smoke in the nose of God. Isaiah all the time has good expressions. A fire that burns all day, a smoke in the nose of God, and a fire that burns all the day. Jehovah will bless Israel, Jehovah's attitude changes, will bless Israel with the blessing of the new wine. So there will be a new heaven, new earth, to produce something new as wine that cheers God up. This is the new wine. And they will possess his mountain, dwelling there, eating, drinking, and rejoicing. By the time when God will have the new wine, then Israel will possess God's mountain. That is Mount Zion. God's mountain to possess Zion and dwell there and eat and drink and rejoice. Have you noticed just dwelling, eating, drinking, and rejoicing? No work. <laughs> not working, not laboring. So in the new heaven, new earth, God's people will be just dwelling there, eating, drinking, then what? Rejoicing. Uh, to rejoice will be their job. Well, Dick, our topic today is the second coming of Christ, issuing in the new heaven and new earth. But this passage in chapters 64 and 5 touched me. Isaiah's prayer on behalf of God's people, confessing their sins and failures and rebelliousness, and God's answer, his stretching out of his hand to them. Dick, let me read this verse in chapter 65, and this is verse 1. I let myself be inquired of by those who did not ask for me, and found by those who did not seek me. I said, 
Here I am, here I am, to a nation that was not called by my name. Dick, this is really our own case, isn't it? God allows himself to be found even when we aren't seeking him. This really unveils God's true heart towards man, doesn't it, Dick? Yes, it does, Chris. His real heart toward us is just indescribable. Uh, I was thinking of Jeremiah concerning Israel in their time in the wilderness. He said, I remember your love for me. I remember the time during our espousals. In other words, he was indicating what kind of affection they had for the Lord and everything. But when you read the history, it wasn't like that at all. What it really describes is what a heart God has for his people. Here they were going the other direction, not seeking, but he was found by those who were not seeking. And Israel's a real case, just with these, uh, for example, these verses in Jeremiah. Also, it says in Romans that Israel was seeking, but they did not find. And the Bible indicates strongly there that they were just filled up with their own righteousness. But God's righteousness is Christ. Meanwhile, it says, we Gentiles who were not seeking him, we did find. On one hand, many of us were seekers before we found the Lord. On the other hand, we're really not seekers. Our, our seeking is polluted. Our seeking is diluted. He is really the one who is found by those who are not seeking him. I'm also considering his touch with the widow and her dead son in Luke chapter 10. Surely there's a case where there was nobody seeking him, but he was found by those who were not seeking. Here they are in this funeral procession, and yet he walks right up to the coffin, touches the coffin, raises the dead son from the dead, and hands him back to the widow in love. What a heart the Lord has for us who are not even seeking him. He is found by those who are not seeking. There's a dear brother, Brother Howard Higashi, and I know uh, coming from a Christless background, a Buddhist background, his testimony was strongly he was not looking for Christ at all, but he was found, Christ was found by Howard, who was not seeking him. Through many circumstances, he experienced a dynamic salvation, and his entire 30 years of salvation were a real consecration, a real sweet savor to God, a life filled with Christ. But it began with somebody who was not seeking the Lord, but found the Lord. This is the Lord's real heart for us. Isn't this true? This is really true, and I think it's our testimony day by day. Many times our walk leaves us cold and somewhat distant from the Lord. Right. And yet around the corner, somehow there he is finding us so that we can find him anew. That's true. We're in the grocery store, totally tuned out from the Lord, occupied with our checkbook and where we are financially. And a brother comes around the corner and says, praise the Lord, Chris, right away. We're in a state of not seeking, but we find this wonderful Christ again. Dick, this is a very pleasant portion of God's Word. We have uh, another pleasant portion, and we're going to get to this matter in chapter 66 that we've discussed. So let's rejoin Witness Lee. This portion is quite uh, interesting. 65, 18 to 25. And my children ones will enjoy the Word of their hands to the full. What work? They are to sing, to praise, 
to worship, to rejoice. I tried to find what work God's elect will do in the restoration time. Actually, no work. Just to praise, to sing, to rejoice, not to people only, but to rejoice to God. And it will be that before the call, I will answer. It seems you don't need to call, but you have to call. To call is your job. Even while they are speaking, I will hear. You consider, there will be no weeping, no crying with tears. Uh, there will be just life for praising God, singing to God, rejoicing to God. Now, be joyful with Jerusalem, exult for her, all you who love her. Rejoice with her in joy, for thus says Jehovah, I now am extending to her peace like a river, and the glory of the nations like the overflowing stream. That means all the nations will bring their riches, their produce to Jerusalem, and that will be like an overflowing stream. The rest of recent time will be a wonderful time. Now, Jehovah will gather the nation to worship God, the only God, at Jerusalem. Jehovah will gather the nation to worship at Jerusalem, and they will bring with them the scattered children of Israel as a meal offering. Today, we bring the sinners to God. We bring the sinners to God as sacrifices. And that day, the nations will bring the return of the scattered Israel as a meal offering to Jehovah, of whom Jehovah will take some for praise. That means Israel are scattered today. In the restoration time, nations will bring them back and offer them to God as meal offerings, then some of them will be chosen and appointed as priests and Levites, just like in ancient time. Israel, some of them will be priests, and some of them will be Levites to do the Levitical work. Well, Dick, as promised, this was a very pleasant section, a number of points here that we could talk about. I want to ask you to comment, though, on something that struck me. In verse 24, it says that as his people are returning to him, they will call on him. But before they call, he will answer. While they are speaking, he will hear. Dick, a lot of people say, why do we need to pray? Why do we need to call on the Lord? Doesn't he know everything already? But really, as Witness Lee said, it's our job to call, isn't it? It is our job to call on the name of the Lord. Why? Because we have to realize, according to God's economy, his real desire is not just to answer our outward requests. His real desire is to impart and to dispense more of himself into us to the point where we are totally out of the old creation, have become the new creation, which consummates in the new Jerusalem with the new heaven and the new earth. When we call on the name of the Lord, before we call, he answers. 
And our job should just be calling. I really appreciate this life study. It indicates that the occupation of Israel in the millennium will just be calling on the name of the Lord. And their work and their labor will be praising and singing and rejoicing and exulting. So if this is our future, we better start practicing now. We better get into our real occupation, our real job, which is to call on the name of the Lord. Yes, there are many things that we need to request from the Lord and we have to pray about, but ultimately the real answer is Christ himself coming into us to build himself into us and to build us into him for the house of God. So calling is our real job. This fulfills God's eternal purpose. So don't forget Isaiah, especially Isaiah 12. Need to call on the Lord with rejoicing. Draw water from the springs of salvation. Calling on the name of the Lord with much rejoicing. Call, oh, Lord Jesus. The more you call, exercising in this kind of way with rejoicing, I guarantee you, you'll be brought into your real occupation and your real job. And the result is you get filled up with Christ, who is the dynamic Savior in the book of Isaiah, who died a vicarious death and accomplished a reproducing resurrection, and who is now in us, saving us to the uttermost to make us the same as him in life and nature. Hebrews 13, 15 is a marvelous verse showing that calling on the Lord should be our job, our occupation. It says, let us therefore continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips confessing or calling on his name. So be a caller. Pick up your real occupation. Be fired from your other job, but you're hired to be a caller. So begin calling today. Oh, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, Dick, your speaking reminds me of uh, the illustration that we've heard a number of times about someone who asks, what's electricity? And of course, the best way to demonstrate is to have them stick their finger in the socket That's the answer. Why do we need to call, right? That's right. You get clear real fast. Dick, let's go back to Witness Lee. Now, consummating in the new heaven and the new earth. This entire book consummates in what? Only new heaven and new earth. And where will you be? We will be in the new Jerusalem. In the mineral time, the uh, believers are separated from the Jews. The Jews will be the priest on earth, and the believers will be the priest in heaven. In other words, the holy city, New Jerusalem, in the millennium, only comprised all the Old Testament saints and the New Testament saints, but not the Israel who saved at the Lord's coming back to be praised on the earth. So by that time, you have what Revelation 20 calls the uh, camp, that is Israel. And you have the city, that is New Jerusalem. Satan will stir up the opposers, mostly from Russia. Gog and Magog, they will attack these two things, the city and the camp. The city refers to the connection 
of the saints, and the camp refers to the collection of the Jews. Then after the millennium, even the Jews saved at the coming of the Lord Jesus in the new heaven and new earth, they will be mingled with the new Jerusalem. So in the new heaven and new earth, there will be only two peoples, the believers plus the Jews as a whole, that is the new Jerusalem, that is royal family, that is a priesthood to rule over the nations. The second people is the nations. And the nations will not be regenerated. And the nations will be only restored. And they will live, stay outside of the new Jerusalem on this earth to be God's people. And we, the saints and the Jews, will be God's sins, not God's people. We are God's folks. We will be the royal family, and we will be the priesthood to rule as the royal family, to rule over the nations, and as the priesthood to serve God forever. By that time, it's hard to tell where the new Jerusalem will be. In heaven or on earth, it's hard to say. We have to keep this open. According to the word in Revelation 21, that the nations would and could also enter into the new Jerusalem. So the new Jerusalem may be also on the new earth. So this means what? This means that the heaven will be left only to the angels. God will not be there. God's two kinds of elects mingled together will not be there. And the nations will not be there. So the heaven will be only for the angels. Well, Dick, we conclude the word today and the book of Isaiah, really, on this first pass through, as I mentioned at the beginning, with the new heaven and the new earth. A big topic for just a few remaining minutes, but say a little bit for our listeners about the various constituents that were mentioned. And I'm talking about the believers, the Jews, the nations, and the angels. Actually, there will only be two peoples. One group of people is the believers and the Jews, God's sons, God's royal family, serving God as priests forever in love and ruling with God and reigning with God over the entire universe. That's one group of people. The second group of people are the nations who have been restored by God, but they are not regenerated. They do not have the life of God, and they live outside of the new Jerusalem. Then concerning the angels, the angels are part of the security system. You know, every complex has a security system. Well, the angels are at every gate as the security guards, making sure that anybody who is part of that composition had to pass through the judicial redemption of Christ 
and his full organic salvation. So it shows the angels at the gates of this marvelous city, New Jerusalem, here in the context of the new heaven and the new earth. So basically, these are the peoples that you have mentioned, the believing Jews and the believing Gentiles as one people, the nations as another people outside the city, and then the angels at the gates as a kind of part of the security system and also cheering over any chosen one of God who has come into God's eternal purpose. Well, Dick, this is a vast topic, as I mentioned, and we touch it from time to time because it's sprinkled throughout Scripture and throughout the divine revelation, a topic that really intrigues and holds everyone's interest and attention. But we're glad we can visit it from time to time and just bring pieces to our listeners. And, of course, we know there are other interpretations of some of these things, and we always welcome your inquiries and questions on Life Study of the Bible. So let me invite you to call with comments, questions about what you've heard regarding this or any other topic that we touch in our broadcast. We have a good time visiting with many of our listeners on the phone when, when we say things that intrigue or cause an interest to rise up. Our life study now begins anew, in a sense. We start over in the book of Isaiah. We'll be in chapter 4 as we see again the shoot of Jehovah, the fruit of the earth, the canopy, and Christ as the shelter or tabernacle. Wonderful portion, so be sure and join us for that. Today, for Dick Taylor, I'm Chris Wilde, and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. To contact us, please call toll-free 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today.